Hello and welcome to Stay in the Loop with Lucy. This is a show that covers health and well-being through connection to people, people in our community and people beyond who share with us their experiences, their choices and consequences, and regardless of age, their innate wisdom. By discerning and getting a sense of what is transferable from what these guests share, we can choose to apply the relevant aspects in our lives and in our community and develop programs that found a more sustainable, loving and heartfelt way to be with each other, thereby improving our physical and our mental health. Today's show is about the realities of resettling, of how people cope when things happen to them and they actually were not expecting them. Today is the story of Edwin, a gentleman who came for a business trip and who ended up staying in Australia for for the rest of his life. The other person I'm going to be interviewing today is Nazrin Azizi. You may remember Nazrin from my interview with her at the live broadcast on International Women's Day, which I replayed on the show over that weekend. Nazrin runs workshops, groups, programs and works one-to-one with culturally linguistic and diverse communities, also known as called. And she mentions the word called through the interview. Nazarin works for an organisation called Ability Links, SSI, Settlement Services International. And today we're going to focus on a practical example of the work that her organisation has done. The next interview you're going to hear is Edwin. He is a gentleman that... I met, actually we were supposed to do the interview in the studio, but unfortunately the Triple H studio is up two flights of stairs in a building with no lift. And due to lack of funding, we're not able to move the studio at the moment. So I moved our little studio spontaneously for the day into the the McDonald's drive through across the road. And it served us extremely well. Unfortunately, you can hear in the background people putting things in the bin, trucks driving past, lorries revving their engine just beside us. And um, because Edwin doesn't talk very loudly, I would suggest that you actually just sit and concentrate through his interview. It's well worth it. It's incredibly inspiring. And um, I leave you in his company. Yes, I am I'm Edwin Ocha Iku. I am a professional electrical engineer from Nigeria. I arrived here on the 1st of June 2014 for a convention, a rotary convention. I took ill on that same day I arrived. Um, I was taken to the Royal Prince Alfred Hospital where I was admitted in the emergency care unit and put on dialysis machine continuously for three weeks. And uh, that led to amputation of my hands, my legs, and reconstruction of my face. I spent three months all together in Royal Prince Alfred Hospital. Then I was discharged and sent to Balmain for rehabilitation. I spent two months all together in Balmain for rehabilitation. I was discharged on 29th October 2014 from Balmain to my sister's house in Preston's. Then I, my specialist, I was visiting there, I was more or less, I mean, I was an outpatient as it is. I was visiting my specialist for an appointment while I stayed with my sister in Preston's. April 7th, 2015, I woke up in the morning, I could not raise up my left hand. I had a stroke. Probably the tension of what I would do after the treatment in the hospital, the agitation in my, my mind, I probably that's what led to my having stroke. 
Then I was rushed to Liverpool Hospital, where I spent three weeks before I was discharged. I was discharged. It was there in the Liverpool Hospital. A medical consultant who handled my case. They, they discharged me because it said there was no no medical treatment as such for stroke except physiotherapical exercises which can be done at home instead of wasting money. So they discharged me. And there he told my story to his friend who is a reverend. And the reverend mother handles uh, asylum seekers. Balmain for Asylum Seekers Foundation. So they started handling my case. It was in the process of handling my case, I came across ability links. They visited me in the house. I discussed my problem with them. You can imagine in, a, in a, such a traumatic situation, I didn't know anybody, I didn't know who to link up with, but they started by linking me up to different organizations that are relevant to make me uh, comfortable at home, to make me have sense of belonging. Organizations like the transportation, how I can get transportation for myself from one location to the other, how I can get support to make myself survive, how I can network to have friends to relate with, how my wife can be of a, will have also a sense of belonging. This is how I came across uh, the ability link. That's really did a lot to us. To the extent of bringing food sometimes when he's visiting us. Uh, regularly she was always coming every week to see us and take care of us and link us with different departments where we need help. You had to leave your country so quickly to find yourself in a new country and um, learn how to settle in this country and call this country home through no choice of your own. How did the moving country, if we focus on that first, how did your wife handle that sudden change because it was so immediate? Yes, it was really a very big problem. Uh, in my country, I was a regular worker. I worked as an electrical engineer for 32 years, retired, then I became a consultant to two companies. I was consulting before I initiate this holiday to come and spend one week here and then move to Dubai and then London to spend two weeks. Uh, by the time I left home, I was hale and hearty. My wife was happy to where I was living. And when I came here and got sick, the information got to her. But she had to link up my medical consultant who handles my physical, I mean, medical tests on annual basis, comprehensive medical care tests every year. So my wife brought him and they communicate with the professors here who were handling my case to get all the stories. She couldn't come immediately, but she had to spend up to a year before coming. Uh, it wasn't easy because the whole thing happened like it was like a, a movie. Yeah. Because nothing, we never expected anything. I was not sick, there was nothing. I had sound medical tests before I left the country. And uh, 
she was taken very, very on surprise on her, on her way. And it was much later, that's a year after, that she had to come here and be with me. Uh, before she came, my sister and my daughter, they were taking care of me. Then she came after a year and started taking care of me. It wasn't easy for a woman to handle such a traumatic situation. And, uh, you know, I've attained a social level in my country. I rose to a very high level in my, in my yeah. country. Yeah. To come and have this situation where I'm highly incapacitated. I imagine if I go back home, uh, it won't be, be really comfortable. Uh, I will be sort of stigmatized. Can imagine? Uh, so, neither of us find this fun at all. Too, too, too unexpected, too sudden, too uncomfortable for us. But we have to survive. That is where Link, uh, Ability Link came in, give us an idea of how we have to go for the link up with Center, uh, Center Link. We link up with other organizations that will be of assistance to us. And things started happening, get us uh, to be acquainted with the environment. Because of uh, the organization I reacted with, uh, the Rotary, Rotary International, the Catholic Church, we have traveled wide and far and wide in yes. the world. I've been to everywhere, I've been to every continent of the world, either for Rotary Convention or for engineering uh, assignments, yeah. and then the presentation of papers, uh, conferences, factory visits because of my field, electrical engineering. So uh, we're used to how to adapt. We learn the, yeah. and here, in fact, it's a matter of necessity that I had to adopt. Yes. Because if I cannot change my situation, I have no choice than to adopt. Yeah. But with, say, uh, ability link, adaptability was highly enhanced. It was more easier for us to assist in how to adopt ourselves to the environment. It didn't take us too long. My wife now has friends in the Catholic Church, she has friends in the Rotary, I have friends in the same place too, so we now got used to the environment. Have you um, connected with the Nigerian community here? Yes, we, we have some uh, friends uh, as a body. It was only once my wife met them in the church. I have never met them as a group, yeah. but I have some few Nigerian people have met either in the church or so or they are lecturing here they are professors my in-law he has been here for over 27 years as, as a lecturer in Sydney University so we met some Nigerian friends and your children are all um, in different parts of the world you've got two in London and two in Canada is that right uh, yes I have two and I have two in the Middle East so my students are scattered all over the world. I actually give them quality education. Yeah. Uh, high school, I, I have two masters. Wow. Master in engineering power systems, and master in business uh, admin. So I give good quality education to my children. So did they come over to visit you very often? Uh, the only one that came for her master's in uh, Sydney University here is the only one that has seen me. She okay. participated in taking care of me during this period. Yep. She completed her master's in uh, software engineering in Sydney University. And the master's in uh, business enterprise from Victoria University. It's the only one daughters are about to come see me. But they all just graduated. They need to stabilize themselves, get yes. Money for airfare to come and see me. In fact, I communicate with them every day. So you have found a way to use a keyboard. You've got 
something that you attach onto your hands to help you use the keyboard, is that correct? Yes. The issue is that necessity is a mother of invention. Uh, I have never been depending on people in my life. Yep. I'm not used to depending on people. I can imagine going from that level to come and depend on somebody for everything. Yeah, it's not hard. comfortable at all. So I had to find a way of how to yeah, having provided something to use for my computer, my telephone. Yeah. I used to eat the fork and the spoon. I used to eat and to brush my mouth. Okay. Now I can go to the toilet myself. I'm trying, I should be able to bath myself if the water tap is yeah. properly put at a reasonable angle that can help me. I can increase the temperature, reduce the temperature, the tapping. I can clean my yeah. under when I have a good water jet tap. So I really want to do everything myself. That's I still believe that I believe that my ability yeah. is far, far stronger than my disability. Edwin, it's, in, it's incredibly inspirational and, and what you're learning, what you've taught me, what you've taught us, you know, is this can happen anytime. Mm -hmm. And you don't know, I mean, you didn't, there was no sign of you being ill and all of a sudden your kidneys are shut down, your body is dying and they're having to amputate in order to keep you alive. Mm -hmm. And yet you have, and then to have a stroke on top of that, that's a lot. And yet you have turned it around and you now, you now actually want to support other people who are disabled so that they learn that their ability is bigger than their disability. Can you tell me a little bit about that? Yes, uh, I've been to, I've been from one hospital to the other. RPA to Balmain, Balmain to Liverpool. Liverpool at the time had emergency. I was in Hornsby two, two, three times. Huntsville, I was in a secret heart uh, for this rehabilitation. Then I was in a matter hospital for operation, prostate operation. So I was moving from one hospital, I have been moving from one hospital to the other. But the thing is that I'm positive about life. So most of these places are passed through. When I see people so demoralized about their situation, I only need to spend just a few minutes with them. You look at me now, I don't have hand. I don't have leg. But I see you try to struggle and survive. Yeah. But if you have hand, you have leg, maybe you have a stroke, you have something and you are so bothered about it. We don't know what God has in place for us. We don't know reasons why certain things happen. Maybe this has happened to me to boost the strength of believing some other people. I never know through life. It's uh, very complex, yeah. so I boost the morale of people as I meet them, because yeah. I'm very positive about life. I'm never demoralized. Even in this, uh, what I always tell people is that you don't think, sit down and say, ah, why me? Why did this happen to me? You all was in your situation. Rather, you look at the whole and say, this is the situation I found myself now. In the light of this situation I find myself, what is the next better thing I can do? If I'm going to spend two years, why can't I make it four years? If you have a positive mind, you can do that. Yeah. That's the way I look at issues. I'm here, I cannot change my condition. So why do I care? Things without remedy should be without regard. It has happened, I can't change it. Whether I cry to it, will cry to it next year, I cannot change my condition. So what do I do? I have to bear the situation. I think of uh, what next I should do. Uh, that is my principles of life. Anything without, you can't help, you endure. What you cannot remedy, why do you care about it? You shouldn't care about it. You should Regardless, you should care about only things you can change. That's all. That's my principles of life. And like I said, I believe so much that my ability is far stronger than my disability, even in this situation.
Thank you so much, Edwin. Thank you for taking the time to talk to us. Thank you for sharing your story with us. It's a very personal story, and I appreciate you doing it in the middle of McDonald's as we found our, little, our way outside and have battled with cars and trucks. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. How about that interview from Edwin Ocha Iku? Really, such a blessing. My ability speaks louder than my disability. After the break, we're going to hear from Nazrin Azizi, the linker who had supported Edwin and his wife uh, when they were first referred to Ability Links. Welcome back. You are listening to Triple H 100.1 FM and stay in the loop with Lucy. We just heard before the break um, an amazing interview with Edwin Ocha Iku, a Nigerian man who came here on holiday and found um, himself struck down by a virus that meant that his body uh, started dying and he ended up having to have his arms and legs amputated and um, his face reconstructed um, in order to survive. Not only that, he was struck down by a stroke a short while later. Nazarin and her organization Ability Links helped him rebuild his life and rebuild his relationship and uh, build trust in the community and settle in a country that he had no intention of settling in. Now we're going to hear from Nazarin's side what it was like meeting him, how she started the work, and then we'll go into how she came to be a caseworker for Ability Links. Nazarin, you and I have already had a great conversation at the um, International Women's Day event, so I feel very lucky to interview twice in a few weeks. But today's interview is very different because I learned something that I didn't know before about the work that you do. Because I met Edwin, I met someone who firsthand has experienced what it's like to be supported by Ability Links and Settlement Services International. And I would love you, I mean, I just, I actually, first of all, just want to say well done and uh, thank, thank you. you. Thank you. Thank you, Lucy. I just, at, before I start my conversation, I just want to thank you for inviting me and give me this opportunity to talk about my work. And I thank my organization for who created this Ability Links program, you know, like it's really lovely program and really wonderful job, you know, for me as a linker. How many clients roughly do you see? Um, I'm really quite busy. I have a lot of clients. Even I heard from different region, from different LGA. Um, I have, like, it's quite a lot. It's more than 20 participants. You know, we could say participant, you know, like in our language for the Ability Links program so they call not client we call participants so yeah. because we work with them you know we not work for them you know like work with them to collaboration so that's why we say participant that they have to participate with us when we do something for them you know like to make them able you know like to get something out of what we do for them how did you first find Edwin when you first met him uh, it was about nearly near near to Christmas 2015. I think it's 22nd of December. I got this refer from two organizations, from Uniting and Sunvins. And I got when I read the notes, it was like, oh no, it was really sad when you read this story. You know, like I say, oh, somebody came to new arrival, you know, and have all these kind of things happen sudden to him. And I was really good. How I gonna support this guy? You know. My manager said, "Nasrin, are you okay with this?" I said, "Yes, I'm gonna take that on." Because I'm the linker for that LG, you know. Like I say, okay. And when I spoke to him, and I booked the first time to make with him, the first day appointment, I was like, you know, I can't sleep that night. You know, like how gonna I meet him tomorrow? How he will be? You know, like. I was really distressed and I'm gonna help him you know I really want help I get uh, like something inside me you know like this person is really need support from the organization so I went there I found him with his wife really really distressed isolated 
and I said, what can I do for you guys, you know, like, so because we work on th their aims, you know, like I say, and uh, Edwin told me, can you do some kind of connection to my, my wife, get any domestic assistant with, you know, because he's giving, he, she gave him her, him, but, you know, like everything that this lady, two years on herself. Two years. Two years. And she was totally, you know, like distress overwhelming, yes. you know, like, you know, it's yes. for a woman doing all things by herself, no yeah, yeah. care, yeah. never been out, you know, nothing, always at home. I said, okay. And despite that, because the culture, she said, no, 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 I, I don't want to make somebody nah. come, but my shower, uh, my husband about, you know, like, no, no, it will. I said, no, it will be giving you a, a little bit time, you know, and then it won't say it's okay. And she said, okay. Yeah. I said, okay. I come back to office take notes okay and he wants to get some connection with other organization to do voluntary work something you know because the knowledge he has you know he was an electronic engineer and he wanted to pass it to next generation so I said good can I just clarify this is a man who's distressed he's, he's in a situation where he is feeling very distressed his wife's feeling very exhausted and he is already thinking about he wants to volunteer his yes, time and he I'm wants to pass his knowledge on yeah i was like okay this is gonna be second goal but at the beginning i'm gonna find somebody to help you guys with domestic assistance your wife and connection with the community he said it's fine nasreen but i said okay this is my second goal i said yeah. okay yeah, he said, don't take it off the lens yes because you really want i say good that's why i did i just go for first goals i contact more than 25 organization there's no help you know why because they are in bridging visa oh no way they are not have a permanent residency all the they said no we can't because of the rules you know and yeah. you're in they are in bridging visa i said okay how should i gonna help them and i say i'm not gonna give up i believe in myself i say and and ability links. I say we are able to do something. That's why we call ability links. We <laughs> and I said believe it, believe in it. So through my contact, you know, with when I've been in uh, networking, you know, meetings, all these. So I had the Mr. John, who's in Baptist Church, you know, in church. So I contact him. I said, John, would you be able to help me? And he said, What's up, Nasrin? Tell me. I said, okay, I'm gonna send you email. I send emails and write a short notes of all what happened, you know, how, who is he, you know. Okay, Nasrin, are you ready to meet with me that day? I say, yes, we're gonna go together and meet with this person. We go there, from there, then, it, uh, then John sent me emails, Nasrin, I will take a group of my work, uh, my people from my church, so they're gonna support him. Then from that, they got a, domestic assistant, social inclusion, you know, take him out thing, all this kind of support from Baptist Church and their life has changed. And then I get contact them with the uh, Salvation Army. So they, uh, Nathan Mold, he come with me and meet him and he connect him with the Rotary Club, you know, like that's where he get a, like, you know, find the ways how to connect. And he's being in Rotary Club for one day a week or something go the meetings and doing you know like being out of the house you know being outside yeah and take going out so he's really happy what i did for him you know like so yeah that all started just before christmas which yeah. people just shut down and oh no yeah, i'm sorry everyone's I, off it's very difficult i remember that this 23rd of christmas if i not make mistake 23rd of december we had a christmas party at cmrc office you know and we like i work in cmrc office Ability links, uh, one, we have uh, one room in CMRC and the CMRC kindly invite us for their lunch, you know, get together because we are from SSI, we are partner organization. So I've been there and then I come back after lunch, I say I'm going to do, I'm going to research, still I'm going to contact, you know, organization. Then that's why I contact John and John was really, Mr. John was really kind and he provides support. Then Nathan, then other organizations. So now they are in good hands. And yes. happy in Australia, they don't want to go back. And I said, "What I asked Edwin, what do you think if you go back to Niger? Oh, I can't. There is no life facility, and people marginalize us. Yes, because of my disability. 
So it, I wouldn't be have a better life there. But he's really strong man. To be honest, he's really strong man. It's really, when I, it's a like really good role model. Yes. So I can't, you know, like if somebody's like that, being so positive about life, I really appreciate it. I'm right. Everybody has the ability to communicate. It's just how they're communicating. And Edwin does it uh, incredibly well, considering he's had a stroke and he's yes. had a face reconstruction. Yes, honestly, yeah, he was really unbelievable person, you know, like to be what happened to him. And still he's a, like, he's a survivor and be positive about his life. I can't, you know, like, so I can't say more than that about him, you know, like, I was like, really, honestly, he's a really great man. So if we just um, talk about the work that you do, the work that um, SSI do, you set, you help people settle into Australia. Uh, Is that correct, actually? Maybe uh, I haven't got that right. Yes, that's uh, Settlement Services International does, actually, that's true, but Ability Link is different program. Okay. Yeah. So we work with people with disability. Okay. You know, it's not just called everybody in general we're working. Yeah. So um, Edwin actually is un an unusual case that he ticks both boxes, that actually he isn't a refugee, but he certainly is someone who has come and not necessarily, he didn't expect to leave. He had to leave, he had to leave everything behind, which ticks some, a lot of the same psychological boxes as um, a refugee exactly. who had to leave incredibly fast. Yeah, that's true. You know, like he come for as a visitor, you know, like for, from Lottery Club, you know, like to yes. come here and what happened to him. And then you have to be, be in hospital, you know, and then you find life is back to Nigeria. It's going to be difficult for him. And then Red Cross support him to bring his wife, you know, like um, being a scarer, so you find it a bit difficult, but through helping from the Ability Links and that organization, you really settle easily in here and be happy. What he shared with us, though, is that he really struggled to settle here until Ability Links got involved. So I kind of want everybody to have an opportunity to meet you and to have that, you know, that those connections made. But you don't you don't have you can't work with everybody can you because you the, actually there is a limit yeah that is true that's that's true it's a limit and we have a lga you know like for example i'm onsby so i'm covering only onsby lga and i have a few participants from paramata west right they want to work with me because the language i speak you know and yeah, so that's why. I'm, I said all linkers is really good, you know, like I love my linkers and they are really doing, everybody doing their good job on their own way. Yes. You're listening to Triple H 100.1 FM and stay in the loop with Lucy. Welcome back. You are listening to Triple H 100.1 FM and stay in the loop with Lucy. We heard an amazing interview with Edwin Ocha Iku a Nigerian man who came here on holiday and found um, himself struck down by a virus that meant that his body uh, started dying and he ended up having to have his arms and legs amputated and um, his face reconstructed um, in order to survive. Not only that, he was struck down by a stroke a short while later. Nazarin and her organization Ability Links helped him rebuild his life and rebuild his relationship and uh, build trust in the community and settle in a country that he had no intention of settling in. Now we're going to hear from Nazarin's side how she came to be a caseworker for Ability Links. That actually is a very good bridge. Your accent is from where? Oh, I'm originally from Afghanistan. Are you happy to share how you came to come here and um, why you didn't want to stay in Afghanistan? Oh, yes, why not? That's uh, It's a long journey for me, you know, like I was really young when I left like Afghanistan, didn't spend half of my life, like a few in Pakistan, then go back to Afghanistan, then come back to Pakistan. Uh, because when the Taliban captured Afghanistan, life was really 
hard for women to live there, especially with my mom and like young. I have other siblings, you know, like other girls, sister. Um, I think it's 2000. So in Pakistan, I study there, you know, like then luckily, luckily, Australia, I came and accept us as a refugee to come to Australia. So we came here, then I start my studying, you know, like I did the nursing, but I, because I want to be a doctor to helping people, that was my aim. I say, okay, this is the right way to go to do nursing and then become a doctor. When I found it's really hard for me to get a doctor because English is my second language, you know, like, and so then I, the family decided to go to accounting, which I was not good with accounting. I said, <laughs> no, accounting. They said, no, no, go, go, go for accounting. Family. No, luckily from my parents, education is really important. Right. Yes, so my mom really always pushes our, my brothers, you know, like to study. So there is nothing in our family, luckily, but yes, there is a culture, like if you're a girl, they say, no, 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 if you're 12 years old, like you're five or six, stay home. You don't need to go to school. Whoa. But for, from, my point, from my family point of view, it's different. They will always push us to study, you know, like to be, do your best, you know. Yeah. So they attempted to get you into accounting? this it's uh, like you know go do accounting because we're new in country and I have uh, like no connection you know like as that's the things you know and the family why my sister sister my older sister she's she was living here and they say go to do it's not from my mom it's from other you know like they say go do accounting it's a really good course and you get good money from that when I go yeah and I said, and it's a really quiet job, you know, like, mm-hmm. I, said, I don't like accounting. I said, okay, I did. I went there and I passed the subject, you know. Wow. And I said, it's not my type. I'm not the one who's playing with the numbers. And then I start working at CMRC, Migrant Resources in Parramatta. When they saw me, my ability, how I'm working with decline, you know, with the things, and they say, why are you not studying welfare? I say, what's welfare? Yeah. They say this uh, community welfare service. I say, okay. Then I went and put the application and I accepted with, uh, in Ultimate. So two years full-time diploma. I go there and I take my, di- uh, take my diploma, then I start work, you know, at the Tungabik um, Resources Center. Then I decide I'm gonna do further study. Despite I was a mom, I was pregnant, I have a kids, I said I'm going to further, doing further, said to become a social worker. And then I put application, Sydney University accept me. So I start my education there, you know, like uh, they took me as a second year of Bachelor of Social Work because I did two years of uh, diploma. So I start my work, it's really hard for me at the beginning, you know, first year I was like, oh, what I'm doing, you know, like, oh, it's really hard for me. So, and I was pregnant. Wow. I was pregnant, you know, every time I remember in the lecture room, I was sitting next to exit, it's because I had a really bad morning sinks. Oh. If something happened, I have to run away to the toilet, you know? Yes. So, first year is gone, and then I had my baby on uh, October. I, I deferred my study for two years. And then I go back to study, and then I found out that I'm pregnant again. <laughs> and then I defer, and then the next year I was plan to go, nearly plan, you know, like to write my letter to the university, you know, like that I'm coming back and then I found out I'm pregnant again <laughs> with four child. I said, thanks God, I didn't apply, otherwise I have to withdraw back, you know, yes. like th- then my youngest son was around six, five months I received a letter from Sydney University, like they said, if I'm not going to study this year, they're going to give my place to somebody else because it's like take a long way then I said what should I do I really want to be a social worker and I if I'm not then I have to start from the beginning it's already like I'm in 30 I said no I'm going I'm going so I go back soon later I'm coming and then I start it was challenging with four kids yes and all family issues yes being not children yes yes it's all two years gap and family pro- issues, you know, like all these things. So being there by nine o'clock, always I'm the latest student, always yes. 9.30 there. Because yeah. I have to make my kids have their breakfast, being in the school or daycare, you know, like so. Yes. So I said to my lecturer, I wouldn't be able to meet nine o'clock, 9.30. And she said, okay, as long as you listen to the lecture's recording, I said, definitely I will. 
only 30 minutes i said no it's only 30 minutes for but it's a big things for me i will lost a lot you know for from one hour lecture but this is my journey how i become a social worker then i look for a job you know like when i graduated i said I'm gonna, which six i'm gonna work you know like with aging disability hospital and then I found that, like my friend said, Nasrin, why are you not applying for Ability Links? I said, what's Ability Links? <laughs> I don't know. It's a new program. Really? Send me the advertisement, you know, I'm going to see it. And I said, wow, that's really good. So I applied for a job. I was not sure that they're going to take me. You know, because I've been in quite a lot, like two, three interviews, and I was about to give up. I said, no, I'm not going to give a job, you know, like because I've been interviewed you know I say okay I don't know I don't know and my friend said how did you go interview I said I don't know yeah. I don't know because like at the first interview I was think I was dead really good but they say sorry I'm not saying anything <laughs> leave it to, up to them yeah I think after one week they called me from the recruitment oh Nasreen your application is you know like we find you you know blah 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 I said okay and we accept you. Do you want to work with us? Still, you want to work with the Settlement Services International as an Ability Links program? I said, why not? And I, okay, that's then I Lovely. start my work, you know, on 3rd of August. They, I had supposed to start early, but because my husband has a disability and he has an operation on 25th of June 2015. I said I wouldn't be able to so because I have to look after him due to his health issues. So and they say okay, August is okay. I say yes, August is I will be start from August. What? So they wait for me wow. until I start and that's why I'm here. You know, like when I start my first, uh, like you know, first week, I, I receive a phone call like, like new participant. I meet her in here in Onsby. When she saw me, she said, "Can you meet me every week?" weekly base mm. I said no I can't say sorry about that I said why you ask me she said you know when I because he has a mental she has a mental issue she said when I talk to you I feel really great about myself and I want to talk with you you know like to be like you know like my self-esteem be built you know like love I said I love to I love to that's why I did the counselor but this job doesn't let me to talk to you like that way, but only connect you with the services, you know, like you have to see with somebody like me and talk with them. And she said, no, I really want to talk to you. I <laughs> said, okay, when I be a counselor or something else, so you will be talk to me. But at this stage, yes, you can talk to me now, no problem. But I can't see you every week because like it's not my job, you know, like so I will talk to you every second week ask you how did you go you know like if you need I support you but I've got to connect you with the counselor so that's why I connect her with the uh, lifeline counselor yeah so and mission Australia so that's why she start working you know like and now she get connection you know like an onsby hospital mental health counseling team so tell me about the um, Afghan women's group we're going to um, I'm going to take my recorder and you know, come and, and interview one of those around one of those morning teas. But what how what made you think that actually that would be a good idea? So for Afghan well being groups, uh, it's actually Afghan Iranian well being groups. Uh, I, I received uh, like a few participants, you know, uh, refer for me and they're asking if there is, is there any Afghan groups here because we want to be in a group, you know, be seeing our community. Unfortunately, in North, Northern region, there is nothing. I said, okay, then I meet with the council, you know, like we apply for grant with the CMRC, partnering with CMRC, with my manager, and then we able to run that project, you know. And people said, there's no, no, you wouldn't get any participant. If you're running this project, there's gonna be, you know, like you wouldn't be successful. But now, from the first day, up to now i'm really glad that everybody participating and they all most of them they are has a mental health issue physical issue and suffering from domestic domestic violence and isolation so every individual has their own except a few of them you know like so bad you know like they are, there is reason behind that that i'm running this group and when i get the feedback from them and i see their 
like you know physically when I'm sawing them and emotionally they're completely changed from the first week you know like they're really you know like trusting you know like they have a self-esteem now they're able to travel from their home to that you know Cox or Truth you know not like that yeah. all so it's really I feel proud you know like you know at least I did something and make them able to come and connect and I provide every time a information session for them about how to access the services what services available for them and what ability links does you know like like I provide everything and then there is a beating beating session from from 10 to 10 30 morning tea then from 10 30 to 11 30 beating you know like these people's making really nice jewelries as you saw them and then somebody come from any organization you know like they provide one hour information about what they are offer them and then lunch. I noticed that even though they didn't all speak the same language they all helped each other understand what was going on or what someone was talking about so even though you're not providing interpreters you actually don't need to because they're all so capable of translating for each other. Yeah that's true that's why you know like and they most of them you know they're able to speak English so if they miss something the next person gonna like you know like they're really supportive so that's why, you know, most of the time um, I don't, don't need to ask interpreter to be there to interpret for them. If something's really hard for them to they didn't understand, I will be trans- translate for them. But that's absolutely fine. They are really supportive to each other. Thank you so much. I, I've really enjoyed hearing your story. And also your story just adds so much color to why you do the job that you do. So thank you very much. Yeah, thanks. 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 I love my job. You know what I'm doing. I'm really appreciated. So, but this uh, job will be, will be. They said the contract will be ended in 2018 June. Hopefully, we keep continue because the people really like the job. You know, like in, like this program. You know, like especially my participant. So I don't know what's gonna happen. You know, like so. On 21st of March, which is Armani Day, it's Afghan and Persian New Year. So, but I wouldn't be able to run it on the same day in 21st of March because due to my other commitment and it was between the middle of the week. So this, they call it Sezda Badal on Sunday, 2nd of April. So I'm celebrating Nowruz for Afghan and Persian and Iranian community. So it will be in uh, Arkeosia Golestan Community Center. Yeah, contact me before. Okay, yes, make sure I, you contact. Yes, because I need the registration. Thank you very much for, um, for coming, coming in or coming to our local uh, takeaway venue and having the conversation with me. Thank you so much, Lucy. Really appreciate that you invite me and gave me this opportunity to talk about my program. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. You are listening to Triple H 100.1 FM and stay in the loop with Lucy. That was an interview with Nazarene Azizi from Ability Links. What a blessing to our community to have an organisation like that that works so closely to change groups of people's lives. Really, I feel that's a, a wonderful example of how small organisations can ha- help in massive ways to help f- people feel more um, at ease within the community. I do hope they get their funding uh, renewed next year. It would be uh, wonderful to hear Nazrin's story too, how the adventures and how so many of the opportunities came to her. Um, even though she did a huge amount of work, it was just just chance conversations and seizing the moment, uh, knowing actually what one of her strengths was and taking care to I look after herself so she was ready for those opportunities when they came along. Very cool. Uh, you're listening to Triple H 100.1 FM and stay in the loop with Lucy. Um, end of the show coming up, but uh, pop back after this. We're going to talk a little bit about 18C. Hmm. Welcome back. You're listening to Stay in the Loop with Lucy on Triple H 100.1 FM. Today we're talking about the reality of resettling in a new country and what it is like when you have a disability and you place your ability above your disability, as in the case of my first interview from Edwin. I am struck this week how 
it's so important to see ourselves as part of a community, as to see ourselves as part of a group who work together, who care for each other, and that there are people within our community who, who may feel that they don't trust anymore. I feel that that is no more evident than in the conversation around 18C and freedom of speech. I, I see it as decent human relations. I find it incredibly sad that we need a directive from government to tell us what is okay and what is not okay. I see it as so sad that they lowered the bar for what is acceptable and what is not. And therefore, I say, why do we need government to tell us what is okay and what isn't? We won't, we won't get support from government because when you hear them talk to each other, they have a level of abuse they call free speech, which they don't recognise as being abusive. They don't recognise it as being nasty or rude or offensive. They, they, you know, when I've asked them about it, when I've called them on it, they've called it playful banter. They call it part of the theatre of politics and parliament. And I absolutely do not agree with that. I think it sets an incredibly bad example for young people growing up. I feel it it sets a, an appalling example for what are decent human relations and what are decent ways to talk to people. It is not debating. It's it's just belittling. If you don't get your own way, you just belittle the other person and make the room laugh at them. What's with that? If that was happening in a school, in a classroom, you would not be allowed to do it. But because it's part of the theatre of politics, I think it's a very, very slippery road to go down. And that's not what I would call inspirational. It doesn't teach me about politics. It doesn't teach me about debate and about negotiation. And I know there are politicians who are in politics at the moment trying very hard to re represent that decent human relations. And I ask you to represent us very loudly because I think it is appalling. I really desperately hope that we don't lower the bar on decent human relations and decent standards of talking to each other so far that we need yet more legislation to call people to account for abuse. Let's remember that uh, we can be the change we want to see in the world, regardless of what has or is happening in your life. You are and you always will be amazing. The key is to reconnect to that space and learn to build a relationship with your body so you can recognise when your body is trying to tell you something is not quite right and then seek support with the appropriate support service, be that mental or physical health. Look for support in the community. It is there, as we see time and time again with the people I interview on this show. The podcast for today's show will be available through the Stay in the Loop with Lucy website and on SoundCloud. And if you want to get updates for when these are posted, please like the at Stay in the Loop with Lucy Facebook page or the website. All of the links to those spaces are available through the Triple H uh, program page. Next week's show is the start of Youth Week. So we will have a youth-focused show with some old and some new interviews. I do hope you'll make an appointment to join me next Sunday or listen into the recording through the Stay in the Loop with Lucy website. Till next week's show, remember to take a moment to look after you, connect with the amazing people in our community, be kind, be caring, be love, be all of you. You've been listening to Stay in the Loop with Lucy on Triple H 100.1 FM. <laughs>